Hey everyone, welcome to the Dear Warren podcast, where we do backseat parenting, we share stories, principles, parables, and lessons, and pass them down to my son Warren. But most importantly, we just try to have fun, and hope you do too. This episode features our good friend, Ronnie Al-Aha. Ronnie is a martial artist, CPA, and a self-proclaimed genetic marvel. This episode, Ronnie and I got into a very deep discussion about mental health. Uh, We went over self-improvement aspects to address uh, getting down on yourself, whether it be in life, your job, or even uh, sports, um, such as, well, no, especially jujitsu. He talked about a time he got an AK pulled on him when visiting Turkey, and he even took his stabs at backseat parenting. So please enjoy as we present to you, Ronnie Al Aha. This is the Dear Warren Podcast. So, Ronnie, wait, you combined me and Jessica's name, right? What did you come up with? I used to call you guys Jeckersid. Jeckersid. I, I mean, that's that's not... I actually... <laughs> that's good. And Baba Booey. Baba Booey. Wait, how did Baba Booey come with... Uh... I just had to say it. You oh. know, I think when you're in front of a microphone, you mm. have to pay tribute to Howard Stern show, Baba Booey. This is your first time on the mic, so obviously you're enjoying the hearing yourself and, know. and the, the amplification with it. And I'm hooking you up with some throat coat tea to make the get that nice berry white smoothness in your voice. Yeah, we're about to belt out a couple of tunes, aren't we? <laughs> and uh, I am here with Ronnie... Um, Elaha. 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 But, in, you know, in, I'm, I, and I was <clears throat> about to say too that I have the freedom to murder your last name because, uh, for 30 plus years I've had my last name murdered. So, uh, oh, yeah. My name has been murdered, you know, from playing peewee football, basketball, high school wrestling, peewee wrestling. Anytime they would try to call my last name, it would just be a disaster. They'd always say, Alagaha. Ah. And it was the H. At is, least it's kind of. That's um, it. it there, there's effort in it, and it doesn't sound like an abomination. That's true. That's true. But then people would make fun of it. Uh, oh, they would. Uh, I had a coach who would go like, "A lot of shit." Oh, <laughs> my guitar teacher. He uh, the worst, uh, but the funniest as well too. I had no comeback for it. He uh, said, um, "What is it?" Ecker said, "Slaps his mom." Oh, so. <laughs> That's very nice. It, it was, but then, then again, he was uh, of he was a younger guitar teacher, um, and he was also the, my introduction to the wonderful world of metal and all that stuff. So he was a little more uh, non politically correct when it came to making fun of his students. So well, uh, you got to have those <laughs> tough coaches. Speaking of guitar, uh, when did you start playing? I, I played, you know, but nowhere near as good as you. I saw you perform, and you're just freaking phenomenal, man. I dabble. I uh, I started late. I started in high school, okay. I think, like a little after freshman year, because I started with, uh, you know, as as an Asian kid, getting pushed. In, like it's you walk, you talk, and then you do piano lessons. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I did that for maybe like 13, 14 years, and then eventually. I don't know how it came about. I think I heard a Metallica album, and then freshman year, I was, my dad's like, oh, what do you want for Christmas? Oh, I want a guitar. And it's like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah, yeah. So how about yourself? Um, I played, or I was in my high school band. Uh, my freshman year, I took beginning band. I took one year of drums. Nice. And it took me a full year to get any rhythm down to be able to, you know, 
keep a one beat with your foot uh, and one beat with your hands. And I guess maybe that's a, a timing thing that I've always had, whether it comes to sports, it's figuring out timing. Really? And, and now as I've gotten uh, you know older and a little bit wiser, I can kind of break down things and look at technique, even if it takes me months to figure something out i'm i'll like try to figure out i'm a believer that there are techniques to to everything and that you can learn it um where it would be like when i was younger just like trying to okay keep my foot going at one pace and my hands at you know faster pace like oh my god that's so hard and then I switched over to the guitar because I was like, all right, this is, this is not, it's not working out for me, you know, so let me uh, take the guitar. And then uh, I, I got to play a couple of solos. I was a huge um, Ozzy Osbourne fan. Yes. And uh, his, he always picked out great guitarists, whether it was so like Randy Rhodes. Oh, I loved Randy Rhodes. Uh, Tony Iommi. Um, oh, yeah. That was the first, yes. Yes. Uh, from Black Sabbath. Yeah. He made the sound of metal, you know, because yes. he had to, his fingers were like chopped off and he had to have like metal welded onto his fingers. And I didn't hear that. Caps really? or something like that. Like plastic. I, ne- I, I, I never really got into Tony Iommi that much. I only knew a little bit about his technique. And when Randy Rose came along, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with this guy. What, 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 so he had caps on his fingers? There, there's, there's something, along, I don't know the exact, you know, uh, exactly what happened, but I believed um, he lost a couple of his fingers. So he oh, had shit. to have something welded onto his fingers because he wasn't going to give up playing guitar. Mm-hmm. And it gave it that sound, the, the metal sound. And wow. Yeah, so you could say they were the pioneers almost. It was really interesting you brought up the uh, drumming and timing itself because that is in, as you said, it's in everything. I know within music, they have a specific tool to work on your timing. That's the metronome. That's the yeah, thing that goes yeah, dick, yeah, yeah, dick. Yeah. And then it's it's mechanical in the sense that if you like screw up, you can't say, oh, well, it was like my training partner that screwed up or it was something It was no, like you screwed up because you had to compare yourself to a machine in order to stick with it. What did you find when you were playing sports as far as uh, specific examples of missing timing? I would say, you know, recently I, you know, past year I took up CrossFit um, and learning how to, you know, do kipping and muscle ups. It's like your feet are kind of like doing one thing and your arms are doing one thing um so like being able to you know push yourself away from the bar and like push your legs back and then kick it up to uh, to get that momentum oh so so a specific timing point in order to execute said like order of steps that you yeah, just mentioned there's like a type of pull-up called the butterfly pull-up mm-hmm. where you and it's designed to um, get the pull-up as quick as possible um you end up on the way up, you or you kick your legs back and then you kick them forward, but your arms are kind of being pushed away. Uh, so being able to, in my head, be like, get out of my head, you know, where I'm like, okay, how do I break this down? How do I break mm. it down? Or, or even like the, the ring muscle up, you know, that's also, you know, your hands are kind of doing one oh, thing. That, yeah, that's the crazy one because yeah. that's something that a lot of gymnasts, obviously uh, on that event, the rings, yeah it, that that's a that's all technique there it's uh, it's more technique you know than strength you know mm-hmm. or even olympic lifts like the snatch you know you're you're controlling the bar at one uh length you know you bring it up to your hips and then you explode but a lot of it is timing being able to know when to explode you know that's that's something i guess different than being controlling your feet and your hands it's like, okay, I got to control it, you know, go slow, almost like a deadlift or wide grip deadlift. And then you bring it to your hips and explode up still, you know, like unless I go really light, 
I don't have like the best technique, but it's, you know, it's really cool learning something. And when I was a kid, I probably didn't have the, uh, the discipline or the, uh, the determination to stick to something. And, and as I get older, I refuse to accept that, you know, there's something that I can't do. I'm like, I'm hmm. going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying until I eventually get it. When it comes to uh, monitoring your technique and let's say your your butterfly pull up or your deadlift, a lot of these, in comparison to music, music like I said, the metronome you have a click, 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 click. Here it sounds like uh, there's not really a click track you can you can go to. It's either I guess like a coach or someone else who knows where the timing is spots you and says here at this point, oh you're a little too slow or a little too, is that. How you improve your timing? Yeah, uh, you, you ask, uh, you know, your coaches. You ask them, hey, can you watch me? You film yourself. Um, you try to watch it in slow motion, like or oh, uh, film. Yeah, you know, you, now you know with the rise of technology mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. cell phones, you can film yourself and watch it in slow motion, and then I'll like watch YouTube videos and you know look for something that I could slow down and see in detail, you know, where it is that I'm messing up, you know, because sometimes I'll be like you know, I have the strength to do something and it's just my technique. And I'm like, where am I messing up? Or I'll ask someone, Hey, where am I messing up? And then they drive home, you know, get the mechanics, you know, build the foundation. You have the strength, but you got to work on, you know, understanding timing or, you know, the, the mechanics of something. Whereas if I, if I probably stuck with the drums, you know, uh-huh. if I really, you know, broke it down, you know, maybe I would have ended up picking it up. You also started young with it. Yeah, I was like, what, 14? You probably didn't have, as you mentioned, the the confidence or the uh, self-discipline to stick with it. As opposed to now, I'm sure maybe if you picked it up, there, there'll probably uh, be a world of, of difference now that you've figured out timing um, and, and the skills from CrossFit or Jiu-Jitsu or right. what have you. Now you transfer it to back to uh, uh, drumming. Right. I, I mean, I, I, Adam... Give a shout out to North South Jiu Jitsu. Uh, of he, course, you know he has his a uh, drum set, and I think I just <laughs> messed right. around yeah. on it every now and then. And I'm like, oh, all right, I still can, you know, keep a beat. You know, your mm-hmm. basic one and two and three and beat. You know, yeah. I think our my high school teacher had us learn uh, Rocky gonna fly now. Yeah, that was like the final exam. If you can mm-hmm. keep the beat to that, and I, I ended up getting like a C or something like that because I get so nervous and everyone's watching and you're like, yep. That's something I've... What grade were you in at that point, though? That's kind of... Uh, 14, because yeah, I, I started school like, really young. My parents, because uh, I was born in September, so I was like, mm-hmm. a really young baby. So I didn't turn five until after school started, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks into it. So my parents were like, uh, forget, you know, pre-K. Let's just throw them oh, to kindergarten. Here you go. Uh, so I was always like one of the youngest kids. So mm-hmm. I was 14. As a freshman, so I graduated freshman, or, you know, left freshman year still as a 14-year-old kid. That's tough, too, man. As far as uh, uh, specifically music, musical timing, like I said, I started with uh, piano. You know, you didn't have to worry too much about playing along to a band or someone, because I play classical. Right. And then in guitar, I was learning by myself first, and I got into metal first. So yeah. then I was listening to, as you mentioned, Tony Iommi. I went into Randy Rose. I went, went to Kirk Hammett, Metallica. So yeah. I'm playing a lot of solos. I'm playing a lot of... And eventually my teacher said, okay, you're going to have to learn some of these chords. And these, you know, like your folky, like kumbaya open yeah. chords. And at first I, I just had the stigma at the time, you know, I'm a young and dumb kid. I'm like, oh, these are, these are the wussy chords. These yeah. are, you know, I'm not going to be singing kumbaya or, or anything of the sort. 
And he goes, no, dude, you have to develop your rhythm playing. I, I had the rhythm of like molasses combined with like, they suddenly turned super slippery and yeah, there there was just no rhythm there. You know, there was absolutely nothing. And he had to, he, he told me that one of the most important things I'm going to have to do now because you know, when you start a guitar, you want to be the metal guitarist. You want to be the lead yeah, guitarist. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, you have to sit down and stick with learn. And so I had to stick with learning like kumbaya style, yeah, not yeah. just the chords, but also the strumming pattern and playing along with tracks. And I, I can honestly say that that required a lot, a lot of this. But I was so, so it, it was the only thing I had at the time. Right. So it was the only thing where I was like, if there was going to be something that I stuck to and I had to have like self-discipline to do it, that's what I was going right. to do. Right. So. Ha- having a teacher is like, is so huge. Like mm-hmm. p- playing in, like by myself compared to like playing in a band, you know, my, my high school uh, music teacher, he was, he was the man. His name was Joseph Lalore and mm-hmm. he, he wrote, he was like big in Europe. He, he could play almost any instrument and he was like also like an orchestra leader, you know, so like he would tell, you know, the violinists to come in, the pianos to come in at a certain time, the guitarists, if one person was off, you know, he knew mm. and he would, you know, like tell you where you were off and he would tell the drums when to start. Um, but then, you know, after, you know, I graduated and I played by myself, it's almost like I had ADD and I just didn't have the, uh, the patience and and like you, I like to play solos and I never developed, you know, really that rhythm, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or all I would do was, you know, just try to play solos, you know, whether it was learning, um, probably to me, one of my favorite solos till this day hearing it was, uh, Randy Rhodes live, um, on suicide solution. Nice. The, yep. the the song is you know a little whatever but the the solo that he does at the end it's like incorporating classical music with mm-hmm. metal and and i just was like someone to produce that sound is so great and i bought the book the tablature never fully got it but you know i would get like maybe like some stuff i'd be like that sounds a little like it you just reminded me did you ever watch that uh Chappelle show skit with uh john mayer where, oh, yeah, where yeah. they compare the different types of music yeah, and he yeah. plays different solo styles and all the ethnicities and, <laughs> and how, how like they start how they dancing. All reacting. Yeah, yeah. I specifically remember the one where he's, he's shredding, he's playing a beautiful like blues solo like, with metal. Yeah, yeah. And then he's in that, what is it? The Harlem barbershop. And then like, yo, shut the fuck up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then wasn't there one where he's like with the white people and they just start dancing. Yeah. He's playing like a, like a, like a Jerry Garcia, like jam band, yeah. really, uh, hippie, you know, st- with with delay and and echoey effects, oh. really spacey, effect. and then and then they all just start doing, uh, you know, they they, yeah, they sway, yeah, yeah. The, the they start taking their bras off and throwing yeah. them around. It was, <laughs> oh man, the Chappelle show, such a great show. It was like so upsetting when he like kind of, I guess, I don't want to say lost it, but mm. he. I mean, picture, you know, being in his shoes, you have people like just in the street while he's with his family, you know, going like, I'm Rick James, bitch, you know, just hounding him 24 seven. You can't like go anywhere without people like just throwing quotes of the show at you. Have you watched his latest special on uh, Netflix? He, (coughs) excuse me, he goes deep into that. Oh, does he? Uh, It's on my list. I have to check it out. Um, Also, when it, when it comes to timing. I remember uh, listening to uh, one of the guitars most recently that influenced me. And this probably is going to apply to everything when it comes to timing. He goes, when you're playing notes, you're either going to be on the note or you're going to be a little late or you're going to be a little early. Right. And he goes, and that's it. And 
obviously that's the very high, you know, 30,000 30, foot yeah. view of it. But I think a lot of people get lost in the details of, you know, when it comes to like, you know, really complicated yeah, yeah. rhythms or a really complicated type of uh, precision that's needed in uh, a jujitsu technique where yeah. you need to do this and then chain it into that and then chain it into this. And when you think about that, it, it, it just breaks it down in a way that, all right, I'm having this problem. Let me just calm down. Let me relax. And let me just focus. Am I, I'm either too late or am I either too early? What was that or one? On. What was that one movie? Um, it was like a jazz movie with, um, ah, uh, where whiplash. He slapped, yeah, whiplash. Oh my God. Nah. Where, where he's like, yeah, he's like one, two slaps him. He's like, he's like, was I, you know, rushing or mm -hmm. was I, what was he saying? Rushing or dragging. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's an extreme yes. way to teach. That's a, that's, an, that's a very extreme way to discipline a very important and, but, uh, you know, core concept in timing. But, but it even applies to like wrestling yeah, um, yeah, timing, like yeah. setting up your shots, you know, you like some of the, one of like some of the best guys that i knew growing up wrestling because you know i started wrestling when i was maybe 11 um my, my oldest or my older brother who's two years older than me he was eight years old and he was like 100 pounds and mm -hmm. he was fourth in the state as a wrestler <laughs> parents wouldn't let me wrestle because i was a runt you know i was like yeah. i was tiny you know I, I they they were afraid that i would get hurt and they wanted me to focus on school and i'd beg them i'd beg them and then somewhere around like 11, 12, I kind of hit a growth spurt and they're like, oh, okay, you could, you could, you know, wrestle, wrestle you know, the wrestling and, and the, the best, like my best teammates that weren't flashy or anything, they would just had the timing down. They would snap someone down the moment the person would come up out of their posture, boom, you know, they would go for, you know, a single leg or a blast double, you know, just all about that timing. And, and they didn't do anything flashy, you know, like they weren't doing, you know, like cool ankle picks or anything like that. They just would be in your face the entire time. They'd keep their posture, you know, just get you out of your stance and boom. You know what's crazy about that? It's there's there's another layer on top of that timing because now we're when it comes to music versus uh, competitive sports, you're actually working on the timing of you're, you're kind of like manipulating the other person in order to fit into your timing. You know, when you just said that, as far as like setting someone up where let's say you either fake a shot or you have a failed attempt at a shot and just being able to, I don't know, do, do I'll ask you, do you, when you execute that technique and then do you see the person's reaction or are you already going through a, uh, um, I'm already in this uh, chain of, um, action myself and I'm just going to execute it fully. And I just have my specific timing with this chain versus do step one, see the person's reaction. And then from that, do step two, see the person's reaction and then do step three. I think it's probably, it's almost like the, the judo, uh, school of thought where you got to go all in mm. you know you, you really got to be a believer i think yep. it applies to wrestling if we were always told you know don't look at the person's face you know like gotcha kind of almost like look at their their lower body their feet you know to to kind of like see where they are mm. um because i mean you can't like you know go for a shot if you're completely outside but if you're set up the right you kind of just got to go all in and mm. that's where they develop the reshot you know yeah, yeah you know your your shot goes wrong but you get up and you get right back a shot you know just go mm -hmm. right into it so it's almost like you anticipate a person's gonna sprawl so that's like another part of the you know timing where you're Part A doesn't work, but you have Part B as a trap. You know, you're like, okay, you're you're anticipating that he's gonna defend your first takedown, but you have right away another shot in your pocket with 
you know, where you're anticipating his sprawl, the timing of it, and you're going to, the moment he gets back up, you're going to go for it. Did you do wrestling before or after the drumming? Uh, before. Before? Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you develop a certain sense of wrestling timing before you went into drumming? Um, I, I, I took, when, when I wrestled, I remember when I was 11 and 12, and then I didn't wrestle when I was 13 mm-hmm. um, until high school, so I guess I took off in eighth grade. And then I played the drums mm-hmm. around the same time as uh, okay. uh, you know wrestling season started, because we would start the day after Thanksgiving, and high school starts around September. So I started with the drums before then, but I, I, I didn't have you know the um, the wisdom or the yeah. you know, the the knowledge to you know understand how important timing is, or and, to kind of like transfer a bit of like how you learn certain skills in wrestling and then mm-hmm. transfer it to drums. So I, I, I just I wish I you know was uh, a little bit more willing to spend more time on the basics and really understanding mechanics as a kid you know where you know then I was like oh if I can't do it I can't do it you know now one book that really kind of changed my life um, recently um, and I hate to call it like a self help book um, but it's called, why why would you hate to call it a self help book because it's not really a self help book what's wrong with self help no there's nothing wrong with a self help books but in a way this book ended up being a self help book uh-huh. but it, it it's not classified as that um it's, you think just the, the overall self help books in general get a bad rap no i mean some people will call like uh self help books you know like a guy like tony robbins or something yeah. like that some people are not believers of it mm-hmm. i never tried it so i'm not going to knock anything like that um i've i've read a couple of uh self help books just to you know see what they are cuz i'm likewise man same yeah. here uh, but this book, uh, people, I and, and this is my personal opinion. This is not, probably not Ronnie's, but my personal opinion is that if you if you are knocking self help books, uh, if you have n- like not read like some of the good ones, then it's just obvious that you're just knocking mm-hmm. knocking it because you've heard other people's opinions of it. Mm-hmm. There are some out there that are kookier than others, obviously, right. but there's some out there where um, the messages or whatever that they they put out, I never got taught ever right you know and it's like oh well you should have just uh, it's just like common sense and, and i'm like i'm a i'm a young and dumb yeah. kid i don't have this common sense i'm sorry but this book actually helped me so anyway that's my yeah. side no, tangent. no i'm, I'm I, I, <laughs> I i agree um but you know when i say oh i hate to call it that it's just because it wasn't classified that mm-hmm. it's more kind of like I, I wasn't a big reader on nonfiction. i always loved reading fiction books yeah. you know sci-fi mm-hmm. fantasy yeah loved harry potter i don't care if anyone <laughs> knocks me for that it's all right uh, man lord of the rings everyone you know. knows star wars is the greatest saga but go ahead <laughs> uh, it's close <laughs> anyway uh yeah uh, so uh, this the, book um uh, by malcolm gladwell outliers um and i read this about a year ago and it just it, Whenever you hear someone say, oh, this person was born, you know, just born with these natural talents, that's why they're successful. This book, you know, kind of completely, you know, shuts it down. Yes, there, you know, (coughs) there are people that are born with amazing athletic, you know, natural raw talent, you know, genetics uh, or intelligence. But it's so much more than that. Um, He he picks out several you know different across like um uh stories across sports music uh intelligence even airline you know like he picks out like these really big success stories and he narrows it down to you know what it is that caused those successes and and it and he 
tries to prove that it's not just about, you know, how you were born. It's your surroundings, your opportunity. Um, like he'll, he picked out this guy, um, Chris Langan, I believe his name is, mm-hmm. um, who is considered to be one of the smartest men. Um, I think his IQ is like 20 points or so higher than, uh, Albert Einstein's ever was. Mm-hmm. But he never really amounted to anything because he lacked opportunities. He didn't even uh, graduate with a degree in college. Um, but he was on uh, one of these um, shows like uh, Want to Be a Millionaire or something like that. And he like won $250,000 and he stopped because he like knew not to go any further. He just wanted to play the safe bet. Hmm. Um, but he had a tough upbringing. Um, I think his like stepfather used to beat him or something like that. Um, he may, I'm not sure if he was in foster homes, but then when you look at a story like a Bill Gates who had a great upbringing, he was, he had that, you know, natural intelligence, but he also had opportunities to be able to, um, I believe his like family, like had relationships with people who had the first computer access, I think a university, they were friends with like people on the board of university. So he would have that access to work on the first computers and work on programming when it wasn't a thing. Um, and he talks about how there's like 10,000 hours, you know, to master something. Yeah. I mean, that's yep. to me an arbitrary number, you know, I, I, but I think what he's trying to get at is you put in years and years and hard work, you know, into something, you're going to get good at it. Um, that's why, like, after I read that, it's like, I can't really sit here and say, oh, I just am not good at this or this person's good at this or, you know, this person just is good at that. You know, if if I want to learn something, I'm going to try my my all. And and, and there's no, I believe there's no shame in, you know, giving it your all if you can say I tried my best in something, whether it's competing, whether it's work, uh, family life, you know, if you can give something your all, you don't, you may not, you may not accomplish your goals but at least you gave it your all and you can go to sleep at night and you know for me you know it's it's changed you know my life just changing that mindset from you know just you taking it hard on myself you know when, when I don't succeed where I'm like get back to it you know try harder and you know set another goal and uh, that book, Outliers, it's uh, thank you for mentioning that and giving it such a rave review because now I know what I'm going to read uh, to Warren tonight. So uh, it, it, uh, I couldn't recommend it anymore. You know, absolutely, a, it was a great book. And you know, like I said, I typically you know read fiction books. You know, they're, they're mm. always uh, fiction or maybe like uh, here and there like history books. But sometimes history books are you know boring. You know, like, <laughs> if I get too bored, you know, I tried reading a book on Gene genes like an yeah. educational book and uh, it, the kindle tells you percentages how far you're into the book and around 20 <laughs> percent of the book you I'm, gotta shut that uh, off man that's what i do oh, that's like, what i do man uh, i'm like enough and then you give me a stephen king book mm-hmm. and i'm like ooh, yep. i could read this all night it's uh when you were when you were talking about the the natural and oh they're just born with it or they're just like uh good at it i wonder about that as well too and i think and i wonder what those critics maybe not like the professional critics but just uh the general population when you talk about like a great sports figure or a great whatever figure uh, oh that person he or she was just naturally good at it or they just have the innate uh, ability to do it and part of me just by gut reaction and just from you know this is just the cynic in me like probably and i'm throwing an arbitrary number mm-hmm. out there maybe 80 percent of them probably just say that to make themselves feel better that oh 
I have no control over, you know, something of being naturally born with it. Right. So that way, if I can convince myself that that person has natural ability of it, I feel better because then there's nothing I could have done in order to be as good as that person. They're just good at that versus maybe there's a, another 20% where they realize that person either worked their ass off right. or they had, as you said in, the, in this book, a combination of these factors right. where, yeah, one variable is they probably had genetics. Yeah. But then a lot of other variables is they did work hard and they and they don't want to give that credit because right. once you once they compare their their work ethic, let's say the critics' work right. ethic, to that uh, success uh, successful person's work ethic, they get blown to shit. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's fear because you know I've my whole life I've chased you know to try to be number one in something. Yep. I've never taken first place in anything. I've taken second. Oh, come on. No, 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 no. I've taken second place, you know. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I know I was born. You know, I beat out uh, you know, my competition <laughs> to get born. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> uh, but um, like, e- even as a kid, um, I, uh, uh, spelling bee, mm-hmm. for example, uh, I was, I think, in seventh grade. And the final three kids, get this, were immigrants, you know, me, a Syrian (laughs) kid, and two brothers that were Indian. Uh, One was older than me by a year, Mm -hmm. and uh, so it was a sixth grader, seventh grader, and eighth grader that were the final three in the spelling bee. Mm. Um, And I beat out the older brother, and then I I, I misspelled category. I spelled it Uh C-A-T-A-G-O-R-I until this day. Haunts me till this day. It haunts you to this well, day. No, no, Why no, didn't no. it? <laughs> but but uh, like then wrestling, you know, in, in tournaments, I, I, a lot of it for me is the mental. You know, I'm. Uh, I feel like I do really well it, in practice. It's it's, it's 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 a lot for everybody, oh not just for you, dude. But go uh, on, yeah, please. The, the 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 competition side is is so much mental as it is, you know. Um, competitive or your skills you know if you put in the hard work and you know sometimes maybe i haven't given it my all you know last Mm -hmm. year i competed in jujitsu three times you know and could i really you know sit there and say i gave it my absolute best you know where i was training jujitsu eight times or whatever you know times a week and devoting my life to it for you know like a a camp you know five Mm -hmm. to six weeks probably not you know i was mixing it up you know with crossfit and jujitsu but I know that if I sit there and I give it my all and I, and I'm working on my mental health and I really think the mental health aspect, whether it's in sports or just regular life is, is really neglected. Um, you know, I, I have, you know, no shame in saying I go to therapy once a week. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's super healthy. Um, some people, you know, don't need it and, you know, other people's do. And, uh, there's, there's like a stigma to it. Uh, yeah. you know, people are like, oh, you know, this person's crazy. Hollywood likes to, you know, you know play, play the, oh, if it's therapy, it's because there's something is really wrong with you Yeah. yeah versus I, this could just be something where, I'm actually uh, like 98% okay and I'm I'm so dedicated to myself that I want to just save like fix this last 2%. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, talking to someone um that has no uh I guess bias towards you, you know, like when you talk mm-hmm. to family or friends, you know, they may be a little biased, you know, because they you know want to guide you in a certain direction or you know, maybe tell you what you're doing is wrong and you know, a lot, lot for me if I feel like I want to do something, I, I'm going to do it. You know, I don't care what anyone tells me. If it's on my mind, I have to do it, you know, because I just don't want to live in regret. 
and sometimes I'll talk to people before I'm going to make a decision and they'll be close to me and they'll tell me, uh, you know, that, that it's probably not the best decision, but it, a lot of it, you know, could be driven based on, you know, bias or, you know, they're playing it safe for you. You know, your friends and family, you know, may not want you to take risks, you know, cause they don't want to see you get hurt. Yeah. But you know, when you talk to a therapist who, who doesn't have that bias to you, you know, and you, and if you're totally honest and, you know, you're opening up about, whatever it is that you feel that you need to work on it's really helpful you know i i, I was going through a tough time um you know i went through a divorce and uh, at the same time i started going into crossfit heavily um and started going to therapy and it just made all the difference in the world you know like to improve myself every day you know, to be a better version of myself every day. I remember um, watching the um, Matthew McConaughey uh, give a speech um, after he won. Um, yeah. Was it the, the Oscars? Oscars yeah. yeah, yeah. He gave this really moving speech where he talks about the three things in life that he, I think it was like, look forward to, that he looks up to and I think, uh, chases. Um, and the one thing that he said that he chases, he's always chasing uh, himself in 10 years, you know, like he, it, like long story short, he's trying to better himself every day. He's never going to catch himself, you know, the person that you're going to be in 10 years t tomorrow, but he's always striving to be a better person. And, you know, w w when I heard that, you know, it was, it was really moving. And when I look at it and I compare it to competing, the mental strength of it, you know, when you're tired and you just don't want to keep going, it's easier to, you know, tap out or it's easier to sit, sit around out while it's harder to push yourself. You know, you're not going to die. If you go an extra round, you're going to be, you might be really tired. You might be sore, but you're not going to die. And of course you've got to be smart. Like if you're hurting and there's going to be an injury, mm -hmm. you know, you sit it out. But as far as, you know, the toughness of pushing through fatigue, um, and, and not willing to give up, you know, goes a long way, whether you apply it to, to work, to, to sports, to, to anything. Um, I just, I, I think, uh, we're coming in an age where you see MMA fighters that have mental health coaches. Uh, I was listening to, a Joe Rogan podcast. He had on, um, these two, these, uh, English. The, like Australian kickboxers. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, I think yeah. it was either, I forgot English, which country, maybe. but it was, it, yeah. English, Dutch, uh, wherever there's in, in Europe or in Australia where there's just like this breeding ground of amazing, uh, uh, modern kickboxers. Right. And yeah, like there's a guy who was like a hypnotist and I remember, uh, growing up, uh, one of my old wrestling buddies, he went to a hypnotist cause he would be so he had, a, he had he like suffered from extreme anxiety before wrestling competitions <clears throat> so he went to a therapist and talking about like a 16 year old kid and after that like he really started winning a lot more like his freshman year he was average and then you know he, he saw the therapist or the hypnotist that um kind of helped him you know not be so nervous before uh, a fight or a wrestling match and kid ended up being, you know, like the captain of our team, his senior year, he was like all like area in, in North Jersey. Um, and now you see it, you know, where people have careers where they're mental health coach coaches for, you know, athletes. I, the other extreme that you were talking about, especially when uh, physical wise, where, you know, don't push yourself to the point that you're going to physically break, right. you know, like be, be safe about it. 
Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go parallel to it, maybe not directly into jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu because I'm sure uh, you have much more to expand upon uh, that point. I'll go into the musical part mm-hmm. because there, there is something that goes on in uh, uh, a mental aspect with uh, musical performance as well, too, because there's maybe you're not physically beating your opponent, but you do start to compare yourself to other musicians because eventually one day you do, you're trying out for, let's say in, in high school band, you are trying out for that first chair, whatever instrument. And when you become uh, trying to join a band, you are competing against other guitarists or drummers to be the drummer in that band. When you're a band, you're trying to get that headlining spot on a bill. And, and a lot of that can get competitive as well too, with just your technique. And, um, the long story short, the reason why I switched from uh, metal music into jazz was because I always knew deep down that jazz was uh, one of the hardest to learn, but also it provided the most potential to kind of uh, give me the palette to properly express myself when it comes to music. And before that, I was listening to a lot of Stevie Ray, I was listening to a lot of Metallica, and I was actually pretty, I loved it and I was proficient in it. When I went into jazz, I had to, like, my teacher was initially telling me, you know, use it as, like, a bass, but, you know, you're going to start speaking in this new language. You're going to start playing this new certain way. I guess maybe in martial arts it could be like, all right, you're a wrestler, but you got to start learning jiu-jitsu. Do, you know, you have a lot a good core game in wrestling, but eventually you have to start, you know, uh, learn the gi, learn uh, that you know, you can actually choke the person out, not just have to ride um, in the in, in, in rear control, you know. So the long story short was that I got like a year into just heavy learning jazz. And when I was playing, I would be, I specifically remember the week where I was angry at myself and I didn't want to play anymore because whatever came out, I there was a mental block in me that said, that's not jazz or that's not jazz enough. You're playing too much like Stevie Ray. You're playing too much like Jimi Hendrix. It should sound more like Wes Montgomery. It should, you know? So right. it, a, a, a thing could be, uh, you're, you're wrestling, you're still too much like an NCAA wrestler. You should be more like Marcelo Garcia. You should right. be more like a, a, a Cobrinha. You're, you're still too uh, you know, aggressive in your shots. You should be more relaxed and, and play more jujitsu like And... I was actually beating myself up for if you flash back five years, I loved and I lived for playing the blues or playing metal or playing that type of music. Right. And all of a sudden, because of this one mental block, I was hating what I used to do in, in the past. And so, uh, um, a, a, a book or a lecture series that I saw on YouTube was by a musician called Kenny Barron pretty sure i have his name right and his whole series was on he's he's already a very well accomplished jazz piano player the underlying message that he says is remember why you got into this music in the first place and be and three words be kind to yourself and he actually had he his course is a uh he all the students that were in there were the type that were in music school berkeley west uh william patterson you know the top schools mm-hmm. And these musicians were just drilled like every single day. I have to be there. And they were amazing, academically right. talented musicians. And they just needed this to sit down and like just kind of be taught again 
to rediscover like why did you even get into this in the first place right. why do you why do you enjoy it just play right. so it's kind of like like hey let's 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 you and i let's go on the mats right now we're not going to beat each other just roll right just just roll just have a, a good jiu-jitsu session here i'm gonna give you a guitar don't worry about playing like randy Rhodes. don't start thinking in your mind tony iomi just what just play just the physical act of strumming the physical act right. of getting your fingers onto, onto the guitar and he had exercises where you say all right put your hand put your fingers on the guitar immediately tell me what's your first thing that you're thinking mm -hmm. right now and the guy would be saying like i have to play this i have to play this going nope wrong right, already right. you know so it was it was a wonderful lesson in um it's not the extreme of like, hey, man, let's just get really groovy and just mm -hmm. not worry about any kind. It was just more so of you have all that inside you. Right. You've already got years and years of jiu-jitsu and wrestling, especially if you've come to jiu-jitsu from wrestling or another sport. And you've, and you've had uh, uh, those prior experiences kind of help you transition and, and get your feet wet with this new, newer sport. Why throw that away? Why right. why hate who you were, like, or hate yourself? Which is basically yeah, one of yeah. you know, the point that I got to. So, I at a certain point I had learned to, all right, I'm going to train hard. Obviously, I'll be, I'll be very scientific about, it, be a systematic mm -hmm. uh, with it. But at a certain point, you know, like you realize, and, and this is just my personal experience, like you realize that, oh, last night Warren was up with a 103 degree fever oh, and he was crying and it was a couple of times at 3 a.m. Oh, man. Maybe, just maybe, you should be kind to yourself. You know, go take care of yourself. You know, come back to it. Right. You will come back to whatever it is that you, you your, your, your goal that you have to do. But don't hate yourself for having to either tend to this or tend to that. You're only, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, what let's try to i guess you know like uh break that down it's it's uh like a big onion there's layers to oh, that yes um good old shrek right um first like come for me comparing myself to others mm. uh, that that's been uh, that was a huge <coughs> roadblock for for years you know where i would you know be training with someone you know that i was i you know either really good with you know, you know either i would beat them and then you know they would go out and compete and they would be successful mm. and then i'd be like i would expect the same stuff from myself mm. and then sometimes it doesn't happen you doesn't know whether the way, the way you want it to styles yeah. make matchups or, or you know or i would get in my own way or maybe i didn't put in the time or whatever um so when i would sit there and compare myself to you know to my peers and how I would do with them, you know, while we're, we're training hard, you know, giving it your all and then not seeing the results, I wouldn't be kind to myself. I would be really hard on myself. I'd, you know, I'd go home and it mess with my head all night and you know, I would lose same sleep here, over man. it same and, here. Yep. and, you know, get angry and I'm like, you know, why am I not having the same success as this person who I'm either equal to or better or close to, you know? And, and, you know, now as I, I've been getting older, I, I'm trying really hard to not compare myself to people and just do me, be myself. Uh, if I want to learn something new, you know, for for years, you know, in jujitsu, I would play a certain game, and you know, people started to you know know me. Oh, that that's oh, as if I was you know like a one trick pony, and then you know I I wanted to get away from that. You know, where I was, you know, people knew me just for doing one or two sweeps or whatever, and then I really wanted to learn how to you know pass guard pass. You know, so I started really working on that for years, just starting to work on that and 
trying getting what's the saying uh getting comfortable with being uncomfortable mm-hmm. it's hard you know your your comfort zone your bread and butter you, you shouldn't shy away from but you should also be willing to to get better at something that you're not um to to figure out like if i'm gonna learn how to play some you know an instrument you know i kind of want to understand everything you know i i learned a little jazz and to learn jazz gives you the opportunity to be yourself because you get to improvise and mm-hmm. and play all different solos you know there's less rules and regulations you know you you really get to kind oh, of i wish that was the case but <laughs> oh, well like as, as far as like improvising yeah i got you, you. Yep. and you got to play like i guess in scales uh mm. the pentatonic scale or something yep. like that that's one of them yep um but you can kind of like you know improvise and change it change them up yes. a bit you know i guess that would be similar to like what you were saying if you know someone says hey let's go on the mat and you know just try to you know go back to to what why you started this and Mm -hmm. and and get better at at this rather than sit there and be like oh you know my teammate is you know really good at this so let me try to be be, emulate them and and it's just for for years it, it was it was really hard to to get over that but you know now as i've i've gotten older and working more on the the mental side of it and, you know, just getting out of my own head, you know, not beating myself up. Where did you hear that principle of uh, compare yourself to like, let's say your, you, your potential versus comparing yourself to others or being told don't compare yourself to others. Where did you hear? Do you have an idea of when you originally heard that or um, read it or whatever it was? Probably back in high school, you know, my wrestling coach, you know, he, mm. he would harp on, you know, not you know comparing yourself to others you know because he all of us at that time were big uh fans of dan gable he he was a coach of was i iowa state or iowa you know one of the best if not the best wrestler of all times outside of kale sanderson but um what was your reaction to to suddenly hearing that well we would uh at the time we'd rent uh like the cassettes you know where dan gable they would release like his um how he would train his college athletes oh vhs yeah oh nice and he he would push his you know his students you know to or his you know um the, the his uh wrestlers you know to to the limit but he he didn't want them to to get too in their head you know if, if you like a lot of them they would interview the wrestlers some of them like would be crying after they would lose um I think there were a little side note. There would be even some like till this day, like there are athletes I know at like a couple prominent jujitsu schools that will train so hard that they cry, you know, and I don't know if that's um, a matter of you just expend so much energy that you're emotional or if it's that you're you know upset with your performance. Um, Something's being pushed though. Some limit yeah. is being reached, yeah. whether it be emotional or physical. Yeah. And, I wonder if, you know, maybe if those people focused a little bit more on, you know, the, the mental aspect or if it's a matter of being young and and neglecting that because everyone as they, you know, get a little older, you get wiser and you want to just get better. Whereas when you're younger, you know, you're just, you know, you, you think you're the king of the world, you know, you're, you can. Young and dumb. Yeah, That's you the, can, yep. You can take on anything. So when you, when you finally heard that as far as like, uh, don't compare yourself to others. Did it 
unlock something for you? Did you understand it at the time? Or no, no, no. I, I was stubborn. You know, <laughs> it wasn't until you know, like the last like two years, and still, when, you know, when, when do you think? When do you think it started sinking in a little more? Um, probably about a you know a year ago or so. You mm-hmm. know, while I, you know I was kind of going through a bit, a bit of a, a rough patch. You know, I, I you know wanted to step back and fully evaluate myself, and you know see. I wanted to try to not end up making, you know, the same mistakes, you know, that I've done. I don't know if I call them mistakes, you know, I'd say learning experiences, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, but how can I get better? You know, what did it, what it, was mm-hmm. it, you know, that I um, made me, you know, fall, you know, uh, w- what can I do to, to not let it happen again? Or how can I improve? And, you know, one big area, you know, was, well, two areas was being really hard on myself when I wouldn't, you know, obtain the results that I wanted or that I expected out of myself. And I think that was like an old uh, wrestling mentality where never be satisfied with your yourself. And I went to an extreme, you know, with that, you yeah. know, where it was just recently I've been able to, you know, like compliment myself, you know, be like, oh, hey, I'm proud, you know, that I was able to do this. But it was just an old mentality that would be like, if you want to get better, you can't look in the mirror and be proud because if you're, if you're proud of where you are, you're not going to be hungry. And I just kind of, you know, warped that and applied it to to so many other things when it's like you can, you know, sit there and appreciate your results. You know, Mm. that doesn't mean you're going to be less hungry. That doesn't mean you're going to be less successful. You can step back and be like, hey, man, look what I've done. I've done this. You you could be kind to yourself. Exactly. (laughs) And it's been more of a recent development. I, you know, I feel like a million bucks, you know. I compare, you know, myself to myself a couple years ago, you know, and and I look at myself now and I'm like, I don't want to beat myself up, you know, anymore. I'm, I'm more wanting to improve and, and, and I feel you know, so much better just having a, a better outlook and, and being being kind to yourself. <laughs> you see, it's these type of, uh, the reason why I was asking a bit more about that specific quote, common sense you know, lesson of, oh, compare, don't compare yourself to others, you know, compare yourself to whether it be your own potential or who you were yesterday. I forgot what the exact um, principle is, but it varies. But the the main guideline is don't compare yourself to others. <coughs> and then people get into, oh, well, you know, that's just common sense. But it's obvious that it has to be something that's, it, it's not taught in like, let's say regular uh, education curriculum. You know, yeah. uh, you learned it from your wrestling coach. I learned that uh, lesson after college. I learned it uh, from I, either either a self help book or uh, my first jujitsu coach. Like I learned it late. Right, right. Can, can you imagine that going through all through life and never actually never even hearing that? This is before the age of the internet too. So, or before it got like uh, big enough where you could just go on Google like, oh, you know, don't compare, and then like it auto completes to that. Right. So did you find it easy though? Like when you first learned about it to stop comparing yourself to others and just focus on you. Cause even till this day, like I, if I find myself doing it, I'm like, Oh, stop it. Just, I found it easy for me. The thing with me is that I pick things up fast at first and I'll, I'll ramp up quick, but then there's, then there's a, like this certain point where, all right, if you want to break into the purple belt, brown belt, black belt mm-hmm. levels of really absorbing and understanding this, you're going to need to uh, really hunker down and right. focus on that. 
that was my problem. I picked it up initially. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. But it, it was obvious that from my uh, jazz story, I, I lost it because I was comparing myself right. to other jazz, great jazz guitarists. Yeah. And why aren't you playing more? Like I said, why aren't you playing more like uh, this jazz guitarist has, instead of playing like yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan? So it would get lost on me until... And it was just constant practice and constant reminder of having to, um, again, be kind to myself or, in in this case, not compare myself to others. And that's why when initially when you were, you, you kind of like, oh, well, this, uh, that book, Outliers, you were, oh, you know, it, it's kind of like a self-help book. And I, I knew where you were kind of going with it because that's the stigma that that term kind of has. It's deserved. Like I said, there are definitely some kookier ones that get yeah. that uh, get blown out of proportion, or they're they're in the public spotlight of being. Uh, well, you know, there's just this uh, self help. Was it mumbo jumbo, or they're yeah. a guru, or and they start thinking of like, uh, uh, what's his face? He was in uh, Saving Sarah Marshall. The the. Russell Brand. Oh, okay. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, before he went on his uh, whole pilgrimage, right. but just some like really spiritual, like kooky guy yeah, yeah. out there. The Not Russell Brand himself, but the character that yeah, he represented. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it gets, it gets tied into that. And then what I think happens is, and, and we were talking in the, in the beginning of like, oh, you know, uh, when you were asking about how, how has this podcast been going? And I found myself being a, what was the term? Verbal punching bag. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, here uh, I'm hearing these incredible stories from you being able to just express properly your thoughts on, let's say, mental health or when it comes to a, a specific book that has helped you or anything else. And then it has the, as you said, it had a little bit of the stigma of, oh, well, it has this self-help thing of it. And to someone who's younger or a little more impressionable, they realize, oh, well, I don't want the scrutiny or the criticism of talking about uh, my venture into right. where things didn't go right for me or this is where I was down. And then being told, well, it's just common sense that you should not, uh, you should be able to handle that yourself right. and be happy or right. not be sad. And then it, it, it goes into a territory where, yeah, you don't talk about it or it's stigmatized in a way where it's discouraged. Right. And in, in this day and age, it's, it's almost like it blocks you. And once it blocks you, then things go wrong. Well, it's, it's, it's almost like... Discouraged. You, you, yeah, discouraged. You, especially for kids growing up. People make fun of, you know, other people, you know, like yeah. kids make fun of kids, you know, uh, you know, kids, of course, yeah, it's just, you know, part of growing up. And as you get older, you stop caring about, uh, you know, what people think you're not in a, you know, a, a high school where there's 800,000 other students, you know, where you make one thing and people gossip and, you know, whereas when you start getting older, you, you can be more yourself. But I, I, I think, you know, schools need to encourage kids to be more expressive, to be themselves more. Mm. Um, it might help them have a stronger foundation. You know, if, if I had the foundation I have now, you know, applied it then, you know, you can always, you know, kind of wonder, you know, where, where would I be? You know, maybe the same place, who knows, but, uh, to quote, um, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, um, at his hall of fame, WWE induction, a guy who's been through, he was, uh, 
<laughs> one of he was my favorite wrestler mm-hmm. and this guy his life he's been through hell and back he's Ups been on every drug death. you know yeah. you know he was a drunk he was on pills um but when a guy like him who's been to the top you know where he's making millions of dollars you know one of the most influential guys you know where they had the monday night wars you know if it wasn't for him you know yep. what would the nwo be without him but to quote him he, he was one of the original three yeah, yeah you know he he was like the first one to come on there but he goes you know bad times don't last but bad guys do because his yep. gimmick was you know bad guys but you see like him who kind of turned it around and he's like 60 and the man should not be alive, you know, mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. But you could see someone like him kind of, you know, still trying to, you know, come back, you know, better himself, even if he might have, you know, lapses, you know, <coughs> that makes you look at your own self. Who, If you haven't had those same trials and tribulations, that was like another thing, you know, I, I, with the rise of, technology and social media you have access to hearing about so many other people's you know great stories or what mm-hmm. they've overcome and or you look at what someone's going on in another country and and you got to be thankful for what you have and what you didn't have you know i i i went to turkey um years I, first I, I went to syria and then i i went to turkey and the way of life is completely different there but my brother and I. You know, oh, really? It's different? No, it's no. just a hair. Right? There's you know? not a Starbucks in every corner. There's not uh, not, not can, at all. I can get a supersized, uh, you know, Big Mac meal. There's no... Which um, they turned to the Grand Mac. You know, you, did, you, did you know that? The Grand Mac? They had a Big Mac and they had a bigger size called the Grand Mac, oh, which was God. awesome. Oh, my God. Especially when, you, <laughs> when you're craving one. Is it like three patties? Huh? No, it was just like a slightly larger version of the Big oh, Mac. Oh, man. But then they discontinued it and then they brought it back. And then, uh, then it discontinued it again. I think it depends on the chains, but I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't think um, I've ever, I've ever had it. Don't worry. And I don't think you should not have it. Warren, you're not going to eat that shit anyway. Yeah. You know, this is your daddy. Unless they uh, bring in and out burger to the East coast. <laughs> uh, make an exception there. But yeah, I don't think they got Grand Max in, uh, in Turkey or Syria. So, um, uh, especially not Syria, you know, poor country's <laughs> been war torn, but, uh, so, uh, I, I went to Turkey and this is just the sure like how different, you know, the way of life is compared to, you know, what I have and why I'm, you know, thankful and, you know, more positive and upbeat when I compare people that have tougher lives. My, my brother and I were, um, you know, we're looking for a place that we can go to drink, you know, to a bar, you know, and, and just night nightlife. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere in nightlife. And, uh, no one there could speak. We, we went to a, a resort. We did a 16 hour drive from Syria to some resort in Turkey. I'm going to tell you the drive. There was so much barren desert and mm. it was this bus that was like, you know, an NJ transit bus. And the guy was flying, you know, it'd be like, we started out like driving at nighttime and it was like still nighttime when we woke up, but the the scenery was beautiful, but there was just so much barren land that if we tipped over, we, you know, could have been gone. gone. Yeah. And no one would ever know. Hey, where are you guys? Well, I'm next to a a hyena that's biting my head off and (laughs) and it's at the intersection of yeah there'd be no way to find (laughs) just no way you'd be like miles upon miles and you'd find like a random fire burning in the middle of like the woods you know maybe someone having a campsite i'm like uh wow yeah so finally we get there and we're, we're at some you know resort we're 
Turkish people um, vacation. So no one speaks a lick of English hmm. and no one spoke a lick, a lick of Arabic either. So we had a really tough time communicating. Uh-oh. I would go to the grocery store and I went to buy like toothpaste and, you know, I'd be like, you know, mimicking, you know, my hand uh, to my mouth and I had money. <laughs> I didn't, and I'd point to the money and I'm like, just you know, take whatever you want from me. But, um, we we wanted to find like a bar or something and they tell us there's a place called a gazino mm-hmm. with a g not a a g and a z as opposed to a casino um so we're casino. like all right yeah okay. we, we'll go there um so we go into this place and kind of looked like a hoochie house but, mm-hmm. but we you know we just wanted a beer you know so we go yeah. and sit down and we have a beer um uh, and like girls were going up to tables didn't, didn't even, i think we can say brothel Right, I, I I assume because it, sure. it, it didn't get you know, you know like we didn't, had no communication really with anyone. Yeah. We, uh, so my brother gets up, goes to the bathroom. All of a sudden, a truckload of like military personnel come in. They're raiding the place, Jeez. you know, I guess because it was a brothel or whatever, mm. and they have AK forty sevens. They come up to my table. There's literally no one by me. My brother's in the bathroom. There's no you know women or anything. Um, and then they're like demanding, uh, I think they were asking for ID, which mm-hmm. was like communic. My brother comes out and he sees me like with like guns in my face and he's a hothead and he's like starting to shout back in them. And in my mind, I remember watching uh, locked up abroad and there was oh, uh, one of the most famous episodes God. of like being locked up in Turkey for yeah. 10 years and guys escaping. And I'm like, my brother, I'm like, Mo, just shut up. These guys can, we don't have our passports. We have nothing on us. Um, oh, you didn't have any of your idea. On it, 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 they were in the hotel. We had nothing on us, just some you know Turkish liras. Um, and then it, the owner of the place like came and he like was like you know kind of like vouching for us, like saying no, no, they're okay, they're okay. We see them cart off a couple of guys that were talking to girls, throw them in the back of a truck oh, or in a van, shit. and then they all hop away to my brother. I'm like, let's get out of here, get back to the our hotel and just be thankful. We we were like, holy cow, we like almost you know could have been yeah. carted off no one would know anything or like how would my parents find out you know they would no one would know anything you know it would be like it would be tough to find out what happened to us you know our parents would probably have to call the bus company or the company that the travel agency and they would try to figure out what happened to us and if they have no idea on us who knows they could have just thrown us in a cell and called it a day but you know I, i'm thankful that i can go to a bar here and get a beer and not have to worry about it and being then get a an possible, uber home right <laughs> about it being possibly a hoochie house and getting locked up you uh, never know with with uh uh <laughs> times are changing now i'm kidding yeah but at least you that you didn't even have your phone on you no gps or anything to no, kind of no, like no, no no this was 2010 oh um, okay i don't even know how good uh cell phones and the gps at the time were um, and you know, when we went there, I didn't, I don't even think I, I bought like a little phone from there and in, in Syria and you'd get like a card and you'd update minutes. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. even like using my cell phone now. I think it's probably easier if you go yeah, somewhere, yeah. you can call your, whoever your telephone company and ask them, Hey, I'm going to go abroad. But at the time it was just like nothing, no phone, no nothing. Just when we were in Turkey, we I, I would uh, have to go to an internet cafe. Yes, you know, and you know, email someone like, "Hey, I'm okay." That's ballsy of you, uh, man. Right? Uh, did, did you know that when you went to this casino that it was going to be that far out of the way, or no clue? Jeez. You know, we literally just wanted to go, like, because we we were in Syria for 25 days and mm-hmm. Turkey for five days. 
Um, so it was an escape from, from our own, you know, American life, you know, and mm-hmm. at the time I wasn't working, it was, uh, 2010 and I was a casualty of the, uh, corporate America, um, 2008 oh, the, Great the Recession. Wall Street, uh, what is it? Occupy Wall Street. Uh, right? no, the, uh, Great Recession, the, the collapse, the yeah. Wall Street collapse. Um, I was a casualty. Um, I was working for a, uh, publicly, uh, a public accounting company and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, it was they just had lost so much money and they mm. were just letting go of people you know it didn't matter how their performance was or anything um and i was i was like all right you know i just was working uh, i was a 21 year old kid right out of college and you work in public accounting and you're working <clears throat> minimum 55 hour work weeks i'd be sitting there on my computer at midnight in some office you know, just doing work, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you can't take vacation from January to like mid-April. Yeah. Sometimes High time May. for taxis, right? Yeah. Well, I, I was an auditor, you know, where like a company would have us come over and check their books and you have to grind out during that, those couple months. And I was like, after I, you know, I, I was uh, laid off. I was like, I'm, I want to enjoy myself. I'm going to take some time off. Hmm. And I didn't realize how tough the market would be. And I was like, I'm going to try to be picky. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to uh, go back into public accounting. And then I realized how hard it was. And I went back to public accounting. And But now I'm, I'm out of public. And I work for a company where rather than being the auditor, I'm the audited. Okay. You know, it's, uh, it's on the other side of the spectrum. So how how was that? How was and how is that working for good old? Uh, would you say that you're in the the belly of the beast as far as corporate America at that point? At that point, when I before or uh, I mean, seeing I remember right when uh, like the height of the recession, like when like Lehman Brothers, Bear Stearns were all collapsing. We were all like sitting there, like all of us young kids who just graduated the year before mm-hmm. all like not expecting, you know, what was going to happen, um, to happen. And we're just sitting there in like the kitchen, everyone just seeing like red on the screen, like the stock, just Shit. everything tumbling. And we we're just like terrified. Friends were getting laid off left and right, getting emails. Um, then you're like, Oh, I survived. And then, you know, the next month something else happens and, you're like wow you're just you know kind of like another number um at the end of the day where you know you go right out of college you're like you're happy and then you end up finding out that you know you're you were hired just to you know work uh, and be be another number then you, you move up on your in your career and you understand the ins and the outs of uh, of the game and and how it works and and now i you know i i feel uh you know seeing seeing very different aspects you know where i went from being the auditor to the audited mm-hmm. um meeting so many different you know people you know big wigs you know just uh it's completely different <laughs> from from the sports world you know or from the the jujitsu world you know? i would also think too that it was um and this is just spinning it in a way of extreme optimism that it was uh it was something that occurred very, very early on in your career. So it, it happened while you were young, oh, yeah. fortunately. Yeah, yeah. So obviously when you're, when you're young and you're just starting up, you're starting at like pretty close to zero. So when you get knocked back down, it's kind of like, all right, well, you know, I'm back to, you know, the start, which I was just here. Yeah. So uh, um, versus let's say you were there for 30 years and then all of a sudden yeah. it happened i'm sure it was you know I, I knew people that were like in their you know i guess their 40s mid 40s and they got laid off and 
some almost like never rebounded or took them yeah. years to rebound um just because it's it's like when you get older it's almost like it's tougher to 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 you know get laid off and rebound you know because mm-hmm. companies want to hire someone cheaper and they yeah. got to protect their bottom line, yeah, you know, such and such. Yeah. And then you decide to go the anti-corporation route yeah. for a little while, yeah. right? And uh, open up your own shop and be your own boss. Uh-huh. Check out my website, Ronnie ACPA. Anyone that's looking <laughs> for tax services or bookkeeping services, that cheap plug. Um, yeah, I mean, to to be your own boss and you know set your own rules and boundaries and and not have to rely or kind of like be in fear of, oh, hey, one day when I get older, you know, I might be expendable, you know, and, 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 you know. Is that your uh, uh, plan for now as far, or that's your, that's how you're uh, living by as far as, uh, or, or striving for, be your own boss. Don't let anyone else uh, try to tell you what to do. That would be ideal. I mean, that would would be ideal. Yeah. yeah, uh, I would, uh, I would love to eventually, you know, be fully sustainable, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of, you know, the isn't, commitment. Isn't, isn't that the American dream? That's the American dream, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, <coughs> make the old folks proud. You know, my old man came here with like $50 in his pocket. Mm. And, you know, he was able to end up, uh, you know, providing for four children. He was 21 years old with two kids. And then Jeez. a couple of years later, another two kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Here I am, 32, going to be 33, no kids. And I'm like, you know, my parents, you know, they came here and they, they hustled and provided and, you know, I'm always thankful for them and, and what they were able to do for, for us. You know, my, my, my parents, they ended up buying a house in a good town, you know, when they came here with nothing. So, you know, it's those kind of, I guess, building blocks that can, you know, help give you a foundation and you build upon it and try to, you know, I don't want to say it would be better than my parents, but, you know, kind of you want to, but they, if they didn't provide you that, you know, kind of back to the outliers where if you didn't have a, not that people with bad upbringings can't make it, you know, cause people still do, you know, there's people mm-hmm. you hear all, all these success stories of, of people who grew up in, you know, rough, ch- with rough childhoods and, you know, ended up becoming great, you know, athletes or, or whatever, even like LeBron James, I, I mean, I don't think he ha- had like, you know, every opportunity thrown at his way. I mean, how many hours do you think he practiced his jump mm. shot, his dribbles, you know, like granted, he is a phenomenal athlete, probably one of the best athletes designed, you know, like he's just got all these physical attributes. But if he didn't work at it, you mm-hmm. know, would he be LeBron James? You know. I- and when it comes to working at it, and again, we're circling back to this topic of like natural and, and genetics, and uh, especially with athletics in the world of bodybuilding. <coughs> I remember for a, a good while, like the rivalry was between uh, Kai Green and Phil Heath. I don't know if you ever uh, follow that for the I'm Mr. Sure Olympia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Kai Green was always known as the one as the like the hard worker. Um, if you, if anyone doesn't know, and I mentioned this on another podcast, he was the. Uh, uh, barbarian in the latest season of Stranger Things. Remember when Eleven goes to like get her haircut and get like pumped out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big yeah, yeah, guy, yeah, dude, yeah. the big dude with yeah, the yeah. that's Kai Green. Yeah, yeah. And so he uh, that's post his uh, Mystery Olympia days. So where he's decided to like yeah, you yeah. know I can't do I can't keep this up forever. Oh, yeah. So might as well get some acting work. Prior to that, he was in a for at least five, maybe close to a decade. He was in a in a rivalry with uh, number one Phil Heath. Where Phil Heath's nickname was the 
gift, I think, because it was known mm-hmm. that he was just had natural, great genetics uh, for bodybuilding. But at the same time, though, and I, I saw some of the documentaries and his interviews, he goes, um, sure, hard work beats talent. Yeah. But what, what happens when talent works hard? So, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that's, and so he, he, you know, he works real hard as well, too. He knows he's, he's got his gifts. Did and they, did, I think he was like five. He beat Arnold's record, I think, as far really? as uh, most. Did, did yep. he have, was their rivalry comparable to Arnold's and um, uh, Lou Ferrigno? Um, I would say no, because um, I think Kai Green and Phil Heath are a lot closer. Okay. I remember in 2012, he lost uh, by one point. Literally, okay. like one point. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're, uh, and, and I'm sure you know uh, from the beginning. Um, both you and I know what 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 that feels like. You know what I mean? Losing by so close, oh, just the heartbreaker. Yep. Yep. It, 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 lots of heartbreaking losses. Um, I would say that uh, that um, Arnold and Ferrigno were never that close in terms of uh, competition. I I always thought Arnold just continually blew blew. Uh, out of the water i remember like, hearing arnold on the howard stern show um maybe a couple of years like two years ago great interview um you mm-hmm. know i know some people try to knock arnold but i think arnold's the man he's he is the, the man the things he's accomplished you know bill burr uh, did a whole bit on like why he's he's freaking amazing uh, that yeah, he, yeah. he what he did what he did yeah the shit he did later on in life was fucked up um, there's no excuse for that but bar yeah, yeah, but sans that the shit that he yeah, accomplished a, yeah absolutely um he talks about uh, a little bit about his rivalry with uh, lou and he he said something that i found uh, pretty interesting he was like that lou wasn't mature yet yeah. Like when he met mature and not like you know, probably a little bit more, you know, me- mental because like he Arnold was able to psych him out. He you did. Know? He, he would sit there and psych him out in front of his dad. Yes. You know? Did you ever watch that documentary? Yeah, uh, yeah. Pumping Iron. Oh, oh it's yeah. amazing yeah, the yeah, way yeah, he yeah. psyched him out. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. But he was like, if he, he's like, if he stuck to it another yeah. year or two, he thought Luke could have ended up winning. You know, he's like, it just wasn't his time. And then he talks about like even him, like Arnold, he's like in his first two years. I don't think he won. Nope. Um, he's like, he's like, I wasn't mature yet. It wasn't my time yet. He's like, and then he went back and he did, you know, more work. And there know. was literally a point where he was embarrassed about his calves. I, I read this in his, uh, what is it? The encyclopedia of bodybuilding. Jeez. And they show photos of him since he was so embarrassed about his calves. Like whenever they would do full body shots, there was, there's a photo in there of him standing in water where he wanted to hide his calves. <laughs> His obviously his upper okay. body looked amazing, yeah, yeah. but like he was, uh, he knew that that was his weak spot, and he was so mentally like, af- yeah. you know, afraid. It was such a mental blocker that like not he, being kind he to did, yourself. He did not want to like uh, take pictures of himself where his calves were exposed. Mm-hmm. That's like but being a perfectionist. It is, and and you know, bodybuilding is that weird kind of sport. Weird in the way, not like oh, it's kooky, yeah, yeah. but it's it's. It has an aspect of the physical aspect of, yes, you do have to have incredible physical discipline in order to do it. But it's also artistic in the sense of where you're not beating an opponent uh, by points or by being the fastest or, you know, the longest time or the slowest time. But it's uh, there's an element of aesthetics. Remember, I said that. uh, uh, Phil Heath beat Kai Green by one point. That's one point in judging. Can you imagine that? Losing, losing oh. in, in, in an aesthetic oh, one. Man. It, so, especially if like you have a rivalry with a person and you're that over close and over and over. It, yeah. There's just so just many like beaten by them. How heartbreaking that would be. 
but then to get back right up and do it again like that's mental toughness that's mental strength you know that that's uh, you know that i don't know if that's something he you know worked on you know mm-hmm. like the you know never say die attitude you know for me it was always um kind of like the napoleon complex you know because i was always like too small and you know okay you know family tell me you know don't you know try to do this because you know you're too small or you know people always saying i was too small to do this and do that ah, i was always okay. defiant you know mm-hmm. like no i'm gonna do it you know yeah. just because i'll be damned if someone tells me that i can't do something isn't that a great feeling though of, of just like don't yeah. tell me to do that because yeah. i'm gonna go the opposite direction and yeah. then not only that when i do do it i'm gonna shove it right back in yeah. your face yeah like like absolutely like how how can you know someone tell you oh you know don't pursue this you know i, I could you know if the day ever comes that I, I am a father and I'm, I'm sure you're, you know, you probably have the same mindset. Mm-hmm. You won't try to sit there and make their decisions. You try to guide them, you know, Absolutely. but you want them to end up, you know, pursuing what they want to pursue. You know, that's a, a big part of, of being happy. You know, not that, not that my you know family, they ultimately let me, you know, but just even other people, you know, going like, oh, you won't be good Absolutely. at this, you won't be good at that, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to be, and there's not going to be a damn thing that anyone can do to stop me. I remember when I was growing up, this was maybe I was a freshman or sophomore in high school. <clears throat> up until that point, I'm pretty sure, like, the majority of the time, my dad never really ever said, don't do this. I kind of figured out a lot of the stuff by, by myself, or he, you know, as you said, guided me along the way. And I remember hanging out with one of my best friends at the time. And then my best friend also started hanging out with this other kid. And they all came over to my house one day. And um, my dad just never got a good vibe with my... He loved my friend, my, my best friend. But he... Like this new guy that came in, like, just from the initial, just first five, ten minutes of whatever. He goes, hey, Eck, can I talk to you real quick? Mm-hmm. Pulls me into the other room. He starts talking to me in Thai. Mm-hmm. So obvious, uh, I know shit's going uh, down because now he doesn't want anyone else to understand. But loosely translated, he, he says, "I don't get a good vibe from this guy. Do I, do me a favor." That's always the line. Yeah, yeah. It's always because he he never uses that. He never says, "Do me a favor." He goes, but in this case, he goes, "Do me a favor. Don't hang out with this kid. I don't. I'm not All getting right. a good vibe uh, from him." And then I just remember maybe like a few months later, the kid was involved with like some other kid. They got like arrested or something. And then it's just like. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Do you think, um, like, when you're a kid, you think you know it all? You know, it's it's like when I'm, I used to think, oh, when I was 17, I was like, I, you know, don't tell me what to do. You know, those yeah. typical arguments, you know, with your parents. You know, I know what I'm doing, but you really don't. In your 20s, you don't know what you're doing. You know, like still now. Every, I know yeah, what the fuck I'm doing right year, now. We're, we're like still, you know, trying to figure out what we're doing and having like we should be more appreciative of like you know your mentors your parents you know the Mm. people that are you know just not take it so like harshly as criticism you know just be like okay you know i'll i'll take it into consideration i got into this discussion with jess uh, um uh, maybe this this weekend and it came up a, a few times and it's uh we were sitting in uh a restaurant and warren was in his high chair and I was, uh, you know, patting his head because he was eating breakfast the way he was mm. he was supposed to. And um, I started saying something where I said, you know, daddy can do this too, but you can't pat dad, uh, daddy's head. And Jess was like, I've always wondered about that. What is that? And it's an Eastern culture thing. Obviously, mm-hmm. in, 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 in Thailand, it's the, like the head is considered, you know, the highest point in the body and mm-hmm. the foot is considered uh, the mm-hmm. lowest. Mm-hmm. So 
there are things that happen where, uh, you know, don't ever let someone like, since the foot is considered the lowest part of the body, don't mm-hmm. let it, uh, when you're obviously not in a kick, you know, it's kickboxing fucking knock, yeah, the, yeah, knock yeah. the guy's block off. Mm. But if let's say we're, uh, uh, sitting on the couch over there and all of a sudden, like you, uh, for whatever reason, just decides to put her like feet up on like my shoulder and I'm sitting down at like, that's considered like a no, no, it's considered, you know, don't ever try to like bring the foot up like, oh, wow. close to the head. Um, I think you've seen it too, where, um, if you've ever watched, um, Buddhist monks, when they're sitting around, when they sit and they're facing you, they're always, they always turn their feet back. Okay. Uh, maybe they'll sit Indian style, uh, or cross-legged, but they'll never, ever sit with their feet pointed towards you. Right, right, right. You know? That's similar, like in, um, Middle Eastern culture, like, you know, your feet like shouldn't be facing like if i put my leg like, cross my legs or put my leg on top of the other one it should be my foot shouldn't be pointed towards you you know because that'd be disrespectful exactly so exactly so i think there's a bit of a um um and this is just the way i was raised i'm sure this is the yeah, way yeah. Uh, your your parents were uh raised you too where i think there's a um uh kind of maybe a slight cultural disconnect where um in in the east that kind of stressing of like uh elders is uh, and respect for yeah, elders yeah. is a little more pushed. Right. And uh, uh, another thing is, let's say we're sitting here, and uh, my let's say my dad comes in and he's, and he's talking. He's allowed to uh, just talk and stand, and we can yeah, stay yeah. seated. Let's say it was the other way around, though, that if uh, he was sitting here, and then you walked in, if you wanted to come in and talk to him, you couldn't just stand there and talk to him. You had to kneel down mm. so your head was on the same level as him. And, and talk and it's just kind yeah, of a yeah. sign of uh respect yeah, yeah, yeah. Com- in, in in that sense yeah completely like can you imagine anyone like in thailand like or like in middle middle eastern schools a student you know being disrespectful to the teacher no way you know that like, that's unheard like, of the, the, this one of my friends that's a teacher was telling me about how uh i think like a like a fourth grader like hit the superintendent you know like like ha- that, that that would never you know like happen in you know that that, like that my, wouldn't, you know, even, that wouldn't yeah. even occur in my mind yeah it, you know i would never think to do something like that you know and you know there's just i don't know if it's something that's that needs to to change you know at home who, who knows you know I'm, I'm not one person to to judge you know anyone but i just like you said certain cultures you know implement or even you look at forget you know humans you look at monkeys you know like certain monkeys based on age you know like the the, the grandparents are the, the the oldest you know like monkeys uh, i don't know if it's chimps or uh, other you know um monkeys like the the elders you know they still get the top they may not be the strongest or the toughest anymore mm. but there's respect still to the oldest you know mm-hmm. which which if you you know I, I like to think of how things are like how we would be if we were wild you know mm-hmm. like how would what's natural you know what's yeah. instinct because it's tough you know because we're always evolving humans are changing and technology yeah. is shaping us to be different but it's like, how would we behave, you know, if all of that was gone? The other thing to keep in mind about this is that if, if people, when people listen to this and like, oh, well, that's kind of like stupid. Like, let's say, let's say that uh, uh, your elder is an asshole. Let's mm. say your elder yeah, yeah. is uh, abusive. Or, or, 
there people there's nuance to everything people yeah, you know yeah, there's yeah, yeah. there's exceptions to everything yeah, yeah. but that's why it's a there's something as a principle or kind of a a overarching overall lesson that doesn't have to be followed exactly to the T exactly as we found out with yeah. jujitsu or anything it, it, it's like yeah do this technique and blah, 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 blah. but you know if you find a way where that opportunity yeah. and timing allows you to break that rule for one second in order to achieve yeah, a yeah. sweep or a submission yeah of course go for it mm. with experience you'll find those you know mm. uh, minute instances yeah. where you should capitalize on them but as an overall principle, it's probably a good idea to respect your yeah, elders. Yeah. <laughs> no, as long as they're, like you said, they're not abusive. And, you know, of course you have to earn, you know, the, the respect. You know, oh, like, oh, oh, no, absolutely you know. too. Like just because you're older doesn't mean you like uh, these, um, a, a kid will automatically, well, maybe they'll default to it. Mm -hmm. They'll show you respect. But if they, if you act in a way where you lose their respect, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you just yeah. at that point you deserve to lose uh, that respect, whether it be because you're not competent enough, whether it be because you're not actually acting like the elder that is supposed right. to guide yeah, yeah. someone. Yeah, you know. So you look at like some of those uh, those uh, those gymnastic coaches that have been in the news recently. Look at you know, like those are people that based on age don't deserve an ounce <laughs> of anything. You know, but if you, your, we're, yeah. we're talking about you know the normal person, you know. Uh, respect your parents if you know mm -hmm. obviously they're good parents you know and they're good to you and uh, you know you wouldn't like think to just shove a, a per, you know a, a grandfather you know just slap for, slap your parent in the face or something for, for them telling you, you know? to go clean your room you know yeah I, mean, it's a, it's, I feel like our you know maybe our upbringings might have been different than other mm -hmm. people's upbringings um and, and it shapes who you are and uh, I, I just can't imagine you know like hitting a teacher i think i think what it comes uh, down to it are those specific cases of where let's say you have an upbringing where you and i thought about this uh, a bit as far as let's say where you have a an apparent who's abusive and i'm i'm not talking from any mm -hmm. uh, personal experience mm -hmm. i'm just like i said i was thinking through this that let's say you do have uh um let's just choose the dad because i'm the dad here let's just say that I am the, the, the type of dad that does something where either I get too physical and I hit mm. or I'm too verbally or emotionally uh, ab uh, abusive. Here is um, a kid, let's say Warren, who grows up and is always looking upon the dad as like, all right, you're my guiding light. Mm -hmm. You are the one that uh, I, I know you're my dad. I'm mm -hmm. trust. I, I have this already childlike trust in you not only that but as i'm growing up i'm learning about mommy and daddy mm -hmm. mommy and daddy are super important you're supposed to love your mom and dad they're going to love you back like society tells you mm -hmm. or, or or through whatever pop culture and everything tells mm -hmm. you that your mom and dad are it they're the most important ones and then i fuck that up yeah you know imagine what it must feel like for warren at that point here you here, here he's, he's he's growing up he knows that and and that he's vulnerable. He, he knows that I was supposed to be this mm -hmm. uh, guidance. I'm, I'm supposed to be this uh, protector, providing, um, loving him as, as well too. And for whatever reason, uh, one of those things, I it's it's gone. Imagine the you know the, yeah, the yeah. then the damage that does to yeah, him. Yeah. So and, and that's what I think about, it. and that's why I'm um, 
I, I, I try to stay careful with my words. I mm-hmm. try to adhere to a lot of those tenets. So, because the brain is, the brain is so. Uh, the human brain is probably the most complex. Mm-hmm. Thing, and it changes, and it, it's never static. It, it, it develops, yeah. and at a certain point, he's he's, he's going to be online. Yeah, yeah. like he's going to start remembering shit. Yeah, and, you know, and it's so important. trying to correct yeah. us. It's like no, I know. You know, like my ten-year-old niece, like knows stuff that I don't, and I'm like, like on the phone or just stuff in culture that a kid knows, or even stuff that they're being taught. Like she can probably you know like school me in so many different things. You mm-hmm. know, whereas like. Five years ago, it's like, get out of here, squirt. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. But it's like, at that age, you know, your brain is like going through so many changes. And you're you're a sponge and it can influence you mm-hmm. how you're going to be, you know, in the future. And you can end up, you know, going various different ways, kind of like those outliers, you know, where regardless of how you're brought up, you're still going to end up, you know, overcoming Mm -hmm. or if you have those great you know upbringing you end up still you know (coughs) screwing it up it it, it, there's there's no uh i feel like there's no playbook you know like to have certainty you know like we i i got into this discussion too with 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 peyton and and some uh other other parents and i think you're you're seeing it as well too because we're we're the first ones growing up where there was no internet age before, and that's like the majority mm-hmm. of what we were brought up with. Mm-hmm. And now there is. Yeah. And this actual age is what uh, Warren is going to mm-hmm. grow up in. He's not like he. I, I remember reading one of his storybooks, and it's a badly drawn one that you can tell it's like an old nineteen sixties nineteen seventies style book of sounds, and the second page is. Look at the phone ringing, ring a ling a ling, hmm. and it's that old school. Mm. Like, you know, my, par- phone my parents with still the have cord. one in the basement. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so it, I, I found myself mistake. cracking up as I read as I read that line. I said, "Hear the phone ringing, ring a ling a ling. Mm. Look at this thing, Warren. Yeah. You've they, you're You'll never, never going to see this thing yeah. ever." And what <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, because. Like we didn't grow up with iPads, yeah. you know, like and and how that that how that will, yeah will how that shape affects. him, you know how, how we, that, we never we never grew up with uh, uh, a streaming service. The the term binge watching, uh, what within the past five years, eight years, binge watching. Yeah. There's no uh, there was no such thing as binge watching back then, unless you what was it on TBS uh, movies for guys who like uh, movies or, or something. And it was just like, they, they basically just played lethal weapon one, th- uh, through lethal weapon six edited, of course. Oh my God. You know? <laughs> the, 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 yeah. Binge watching. I binge watched game of Thrones. Yeah. Over a matter of three weeks. Oh, we're talking about how many hours Look at you. That's why you're so calm. You're still coming down from that, uh, <laughs> endorphin rush. <laughs> it was amazing. You know, for years I was yeah. like, Oh no, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch it. And then I gave it a shot. Like, over the the winter time and mm. and it was just uh, he didn't have access to this stuff you know as a kid i i, I remembered i i liked the teenage mutant ninja turtle movie when i was like yeah. six yes and to ever find it you know on tv mm-hmm. to know when it was gonna play again or you know mm. beg your parents to buy it for you now you could just go online i remember youtube yeah youtube or google yeah. on demand like it's it's on demand in other words 
especially with old school cable TV, we watched whatever the fuck yeah. was on. Yeah. It was like, all right, I guess I'm watching uh, Rocky Four again. Let's go. I, I, by the <laughs> way, it's funny that you mentioned that. I was watching that on Friday night. <laughs> it was on TV, and I was like, oh. I used to love those um uh, the X Men cartoons on Saturday oh, morning. The old school, yeah. Wolverine was such a badass. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god! But imagine like, but now, you have to wait for it. You have to like, you knew that the up, schedule was eight o'clock Saturday. Yep. And God forbid I missed it. Am I gonna get to watch it again? Yep. Probably not. And then you'd find out from your friends it was such a great episode. <laughs> and then yeah. your friends would make fun of you for missing or, it, or even like Monday Night Raw. You know, oh, yeah. they're like friends like, oh hey, did you see what just happened? Stone Cold, you know, yeah. did this, and you're yep. like, oh crap, crap, I missed it. But now that it that that that's gone, it's more so now going going to be oh did you did you finish uh you know Dexter yet did you finish no. Lost yet did you and obviously these are old ones I'm I'm dating myself here but there's just too much to keep up in my head. I, I wonder if like handwriting or even something like handwriting, maybe I I don't know maybe in schools nowadays you know everyone's using mm-hmm. you know keypads and iPod uh, um what's it called iPads or whatever. Mm-hmm will will our ability to write you know diminish even now when i write stuff down it felt I weird hardly, right yeah i hardly write you know my well that's probably I get, partially I get Ronnie a, like uh like some uh a pad of paper and a pen just to write notes on so i, I, I hate signing my name you know i'm like yeah. oh my it hurts you know it just feels weird and i wonder if that's a combination of both my fingers being mangled from jujitsu or the lack of writing but i wonder most likely if both. we take away writing you know entirely and people are going to be just using key pads and you know typing like well our hands look differently you know like i was talking about this a bit too on 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 a previous podcast because now you're you're going into uh a different type of uh when you talk about you know growing up and trying to come out of poverty and trying to educate yourself obviously there's literacy and you're trying to just be able to read and quote write and then there's also technological literacy it's now stacked on top of that better know how to turn on a computer, work it, mm-hmm. work that browser, be able to go to certain pages because then you're going to go to the DMV, you're going to fill out registration yeah. cards there, you're going to file taxes online, yeah. you know? So, man, that's shit we did not have no. to yeah. deal with. And now I'm trying to find, like, the balance as these as as these kids grow up, yeah, you yeah. know? You'll Especially be involved mine, in it. Having to... Um, be guidance in in that area yeah you know it's it's almost like then when you get older and your kids are older and you don't have to be up to up to speed with everything unless you choose to be Mm -hmm. you know i guess maybe like uh grandparents you know like do they you know have a need to you know be up to date with pop culture or you decide to want to but if you probably i remember uh howard stern would talk about his parents refusing to have a computer yeah you know like we won't have to deal with that, but what will be the next, you know, wave, you know, what, what's, what's Warren's what's gonna, the thing? What's the thing you think we're going to refuse to like, Oh no, we're not going to jump on that and we're going to refuse it. And then that's going to be the next big thing. And then we're just going to be, uh, uh, illiterate in whatever that is. Robots, you know, artificial intelligence, oh, like, Jesus, like robots man. to like clean up the house or to do tasks for us, you know, like to drive for you. And like, no, I don't want to use it. I can drive myself, you know, or, I can clean, you know, the house. I don't need a, a robot. You know, it'll be newer models and 
stuff trying to do you know our day-to-day tasks man you're blowing my mind right now because i'm trying to think of all right what if we do have a robot that just goes around and clean like does it right you know what i think i'd be comfortable if it like if it does its job it just doesn't fucking talk to us you know oh my god can you imagine that algorithms ronnie i am done with the living room what would you like me to clean next you better go in the closet Jesus Christ, man. Uh, that's, I mean. That's a jump. Obviously, right now, we're, we're thinking that, but like. It's not you know, so far-fetched. They're div- there's, yeah. right now, companies trying to, div- the next, like, arms race, as far as like, <coughs> technology goes, is artificial intelligence. And mm-hmm. companies are spending millions and millions, maybe even more, on who, is that what you're who getting, can win. Is that what you're getting audited on? Is that- <laughs> who, who can win first? You know, who's going to develop the yeah. real AI? And uh, whoever does is going to be freaking, you know, loaded. But then that'll be the next, you know, the next frontier. I don't know, man. I'm trying. Would you? Get a, give you give you a cleaning or oh, whatever, uh, something uh, robot. Probably. get your minds out of the gutter people come on yeah, but just right. like uh just your no, just a standard one as far as like household chores or or something to quote ease every day you know uh, uh, life outside like, of your actual like a job. nanny for you you know like oh hey oh you have a robot that can watch the children because it comes equipped with you know uh self-defense or something like that you know <laughs> it can it can do everything you know then it's like how how will we evolve you know or will we like do you think it'll get to that point in your opinion do you think we'll get to that point where a robot will uh will quote raise uh a kid probably really i I don't know about our lifetime maybe as we're you know older we'll start seeing it more uh, but you think we're gonna be like old like or i'll be old in the sense of oh there's no human connection there yeah, and yeah. you think that's probably the same that's probably the same thing they said when uh what was it tvs first started and then you like start sitting your kid in front of a tv in order to you know shut them up or something yeah, p- people will be like oh I, I, there's less likelihood of uh you know of a robot you know mistreating you know my my kid or the elderly you know when because sometimes there's not people, programmed the way to do it yeah yeah because yeah, sometimes there's human you know involvement you know when Ooh. with babysitters or Ooh. whatever there's that fear not that you know there there's that many but i mean if you can rely on a a machine that's uh that's not on human error that's more on algorithms and I don't science know, you know man. and Jesus. you're like hey because then, you, because then the kid starts uh, developing a connection with the robot like, oh and then yeah. you know what's going to happen the kid is going to grow up and then he's going to be like well my original you know best parent ever was this robot so i want to start developing robot people that i i can fall in love with and marry or yeah. something you know oh, that, oh that's how it starts that, that, that like a, that's that, probably how it all fucking starts you remember that movie her yes with that's how Phoenix. it starts oh, I, I think you just figured it out oh, man. <laughs> that's uh, how it's going to start it's going to start systems. with robot nannies and then the kid, the the daughter or the or the son is going to be like, I want someone that loved me as nice as my. <sighs> I, I I think that that could Holy very shit. well be a possibility. Oh, Jesus Christ, man! And it's all because we want uh, what is it? The mom or dad wants to sip a martini or like go outside and work on their golf yeah, swing. We, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we want to you know have more uh, free time. You know, we want to have the you know the children without you know raising them. We want to have dogs without you know having to do the hard work. Um, not everyone, you know, but not like, everyone. But you know what? I, I, I can, I can, I can see that. I can um, see a good population of of people where where 
and you you know hopping back a little bit to social media that when when they do eventually have their kid that for whatever reason they want to double dip they want to uh, eat their cake and have it too mm-hmm. where they want to still have their personal life but not sacrifice and, and, and try to like raise their kid and then suddenly realize like you know what fuck the kid in, in a sense yeah, yeah. and you know look at me I, I still am great at doing like this yeah, and, it's yeah. just, and it's just like dude the fuck's going on with your kid? Like, yeah, are you yeah, still yeah. raising well, him? Well, well, yeah, like, what do you pick? I, I, I think there's nothing wrong with <coughs> being a little selfish sometimes. Like, oh. I, I look at people, you know, like, you know, some coworkers or you know, people that Just I've to met. Be kind to yourself. Yeah, you know, I, I see them and like their whole life and existence are their kids. You know, where they have yes, nothing there is else that to their life. There is you know, that extreme. Else. And, you know, helicopter I, parenting or whatever yeah, it is you know it's like that then you know like after your kids what are you going to do with yourself you know like i i would think it's still healthy to not not of course Definitely never neglect, you own. never neglect your children you yeah. know you, you put them first of course 110 percent, you put your kids first but you also gotta stay sane and still mm-hmm. you know pursue what you want to pursue you know i don't think absolutely it's, it's the end of life having children you know it should be a, a great addition to your life you know but it, it shouldn't be where you give up on yourself and you know you, i'm you know i'm not saying you know don't of course mm-hmm. take anything away from what you're going to do into raising children mm-hmm. what the hell do i know i'm not even a parent but you know i i have a little bit of jealousy this is or not you jealousy, are the I'm, ultimate uh, a guest for this podcast because the principle is like the first thing I say it is about backseat parenting yeah. and what better way to backseat parent than to backseat parent without having kids oh, so yeah, I yeah. highly encourage you oh, to express your opinions w- on this whenever like you know my, my brothers would ask me to watch their kids <laughs> at first I'll be like oh why are you telling them to do this and then all of a sudden I'm watching them and then they like start like screaming and yelling I'm like here take it okay I, I give up I surrender just stop screaming stop yelling how do I make this easier uh-huh. so no I, I know it's a double-edged sword or mm-hmm. you know it's it's easier said than done um but no, I, 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 want, I want you to go yeah. into it with your logical mind of what you've read on the internet well, or whatever, and, I'm gonna, and, and, and go ahead, raise my kid or raise anyone else's kid. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't even I be love able, it. Oh, no, no. I wouldn't even be able to just because yeah. uh, I've eaten my own words, you know, early yeah. on with my uh, nieces and okay. nephews where I what tried happened? to, like, like, what, what, like, there's so many times, like, you know, they'll be like, oh, they don't want to eat this or whatever, like, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll be at, like, breakfast or something like that, and I'll be, like, telling my, my, my parents and, like, my brothers, why are you guys, you know, like, uh, giving in so easily or whatever? Yeah. And then, you know, a couple <laughs> times they'll be like, oh, can you, you know, watch, you know, uh, my kid? And I'll be like, all right. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they, like, start yelling and screaming, and I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, okay. How do I make them stop? Okay, here, take what you want. <laughs> Just take it. <laughs> Holy cow. I completely, uh, I did not you realize. You folded. Oh, yeah. I'm like, this is extremely difficult. Being mm. a parent is, as they say, one of the toughest jobs, you know, and, and I just, I'm an uncle, you know, I'm not a, a parent and just had a little taste it's of it. It's actually not that bad. You're you're physically larger than them, so and they mm. don't have the knowledge of, of how to defend against a rear naked choke. So you just mm. you just sink it in and you just go, shh. And then they wake and up then, and they're like, oh, wait, I wasn't crying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, that could work. Mm-hmm. E- easy. Tongue in cheek joke, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. BJJ humor, people. Oh my JJ God. Humor. I don't know, but you, you you get sensitive sensitive people every once in a while. Oh, yeah. You're yeah, like, yeah. I can't believe you. You know, you said that. Right. Or even you. Are you suggesting that you choke out your kid? I say yes when they're ready to do jujitsu. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know what. It, it, 
for the sake of humor and jokes, I feel like you can kind of, you know, if you're joking, you know, like when people come down on comedians for making jokes, you know, mm. like people, they're comedians, uh, it's just a joke. Oh, yeah. They do not mean this, you know, mm-hmm. they're not saying to go out and do this. It's meant to, you know, some, you know, comedians are edgy and will, you know, say like, you know, crazy, horrific stuff. They're su- but, they're, and they're supposed to go against the status yeah, quo. Yeah. There's nothing worse than a comedian that is with like, you know, they say things that are Politically all correct and that are all within, not even politically correct, but all within like, let's just say that, um, the, the, what is it? The, the greatest team right now in, in hockey, you know, or, all right, whatever, but the penguins or something, nothing's worse than just like, yes, I love the penguins, but, yeah, but, but, yeah, but, yeah. unless they do something where they just like, they play the obnoxious, you know, uh, they, they realize that they're the best and they, and they're messing like with the you. New England Patriots. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> God, I just want to see that team lose. But if they like embrace it and 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 they like, yes, we know we're the best, and yeah. we're just going to be obnoxious and assholes and pricks about it, then sure, then and they make it funny in in a way. But nothing is worse than than like a comedian that just stays like you know within this. Yeah, yeah. Th- then you it's know, like, yeah, these well, guidelines. Of Jay like, Leno. Oh, well, there, there you go. You know, like I don't. You know, if I'm looking for comedy, I'm not. You know, looking for you know. Um, so they have to push. They have to, they have to go outside like what the normal boundaries are. I mean, uh, a jujitsu analogy could be um, um, the, the the Mendez brothers. Like no, like all right, yeah, no one was doing the barambolo, but yeah. then all of a sudden they started doing it and doing it and having great success with it because no one had no. And then, the and then, fuck they were doing. And then so. you have like the old school guys, like you know, um, Hoist Gracie saying that you know jujitsu today is you know garbage. And of course, yeah, that's of like he's gonna say that. That's so, that's where his money's being made. Yeah, to like you know, sell his like jujitsu. Yeah, you know? and, and when when someone says you know something like that, it's like, do you not know? Like, it's like okay, I get your agenda. You know, yeah. you know Gracie jujitsu. It's what started everything. But you gotta also understand mm-hmm. jujitsu, competing jujitsu. And the sport jujitsu is completely different. Yeah, when you're like getting ready for a tournament and you're pushing yourself and you're training five, six, seven times a week, and you're also getting into that mental aspect, you're like almost becoming like a a different, you know, frequency of a of yourself. You know, mm. you're at a higher level. Everything is like mm-hmm. you're you're probably healthier. Your hormones, like you're just more alert. Mm-hmm. To say that you wouldn't be able to be as good at um, self defense, you know, like the mm-hmm. what horse crazy would preach. say, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like of course I'm probably gonna be better at defending myself, you know, when I'm in competitions. Yeah. Not that if I'm in a street fight, I'm gonna go for a barambolo. I, mm-hmm. I think I'm most, you know, they they try to, yeah, they they, they try to hijack an extreme, you know, like who would you who would you rather have like on your side? Like, would you want to have a a, a Cobrinha or a a, a Mendes? on your side right now i'm like fuck yeah uh, of course oh, but they're just competition jiu-jitsu guys i know and they're the best yeah, in they're the gonna, fucking world at it yeah they're gonna blast double leg you and yeah. you're never gonna get them off of you like when even just like your average joes that like don't know anything about jujitsu mm-hmm. or you know grappling they're like oh pulling guards not gonna work in the street fight listen i'm i'm not gonna pull guard you don't know how to stop a takedown. Mm-hmm. This is something that I do, you know. Bro, I'm just going to kick you in the nuts or scratch you in the eye. I'm going to eye gouge oh, you. I'm going to play I'm gonna by bite the rules? You. I'm yeah. going to bite. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to play by rules, man. Oh, do you think I'm not going to play exactly. by the rules, too? But That's I have much more yeah. Yeah, arsenal. Like, They're like, all of a sudden, they think they've unlocked the code because, oh, I'm not going to play by the rules. And, and it's kind of like, 
yeah, the other person isn't going to do it either, buddy. Yeah, so well, yeah, you're like, both equal. So <laughs> and you know we have an edge because we're you know training you know how to fight and succeed. And at you also it, know you the know. limits of your body too. Yeah, yeah. So like like just please like how are you going to stop a takedown if you've never attempted to stop a takedown when I'm, you know, trying to take people down. Just going to kick you in the nuts, bro. That's all. You know, I'm going to punch you in the groin. Like, okay. I'm going to bite, bite you in the face. That's what I'm going to do. You know, (laughs) just whenever people are like that, I just, I can't even get into debates anymore. I just don't have like, why Why? Why would you do that? uh, The only, the only reason I would ever ever talk to them is if I'm feeling like, I just want to piss them off and see like how red I can get this person in the yeah. face, like, and then I and then I entertain it, but never to like change their yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, if you want, sorry, I'm just an asshole like that. People, that's all. Yeah, you see, Eki, he's a bully. <laughs> um, sometimes I'll be like, hey, you you really want to prove yourself? Come down to you know to our mat, you know, mm-hmm. to, to our school or whatever. You know, if you you really want to see, and not in like an aggressive way, you know, although people will still be aggressive towards you, but. <coughs> Just because you, we know how to, you know, do something, like, know how to fight, I would not go and pick a fight with anyone, you know? I don't know if there someone was, has a knife or anything. There was one point where uh, my uh, brother-in-law was over for a barbecue. This was years ago. This was back when Jess and I were still purple belts, I think. Mm. And um, um, he was getting very, like, what if? Oh, what if I, this happens? Oh, what if I did this? Oh, what if I did that? And then, like, Jess and I, well, like, we all had, a you know, a few drinks in us as yeah, well, yeah. too. And... Jess was the one that goes, let's go backyard right now. Oh, and he's like, wait, what? Oh. What, what, what are you talking about? And goes, no, let's go. Yeah, yeah. So he, he rolled with me first. Um, and I just swept them a bunch of times mm-hmm. or, or what I, I wasn't, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. cause Pretty Jess was like, like arm bar choke, arm bar choke. Like immediately, yeah, went, yeah. immediately. Like she was ah fucking around. Yeah. And, <laughs> I was like, oh, gee, well, you know. Yeah, so like, th- 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 this is how we. This is how you prove it. Well, anyway, put your money where your mouth is. It was like a video, a viral video of like this teenage girl uh, who was doing jujitsu that was like yeah, armbarring, armbarring, yep. and sweeping <laughs> and triangling all the boys mm-hmm. that were like swearing that they wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to, and they would even try to like like slam her, but she was like yeah. still like armbarring them and like beat every one of them. I think. Uh, as a joke, I think people, when they ask, have I been doing jujitsu long enough? You've been doing jujitsu long enough when you are at a barbecue and a jujitsu fight or not a real fight, but yeah. a, for whatever reason, somehow through talking like, oh, what level are you? Oh, I hear that jujitsu stuff doesn't Here, work. Let me show you this. And for whatever reason, the next thing you know, there are people on the ground doing jujitsu yeah, in the middle of a barbecue and... in the middle of a bar like going full too yeah, yeah. not even demonstrating just yeah. like they're they're going at it oh yeah the, how many times has that happened and then you get grass stains all over you and <laughs> I, 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 I remember getting uh hotel carpet burns you know from uh sharing a room while going to compete mm-hmm. somewhere and you know just grappling with your own like a ho- hotel mate and you end up burning your back or your elbows or your your face (laughs) on the carpet that's so stupid but it is but for some reason it just goes there so until you until you get into that uh no you haven't been doing yeah 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 Yeah. if you've like been doing it for like you know a couple weeks and you're not there yet not there yet but once once it does happen and you're able to share that story and you're able to hold your own in yeah, it yeah. then 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 you're ready you know yeah, your jiu-jitsu yeah. is prime when it when you when it's backyard barbecue yeah, jiu-jitsu you, you, ready. you've had a couple of drinks and you're you're, you're going a five minute round <laughs> or till submission happened. oh that's what 
I remember last summer with uh, with Kenny. Oh, by the uh, way, uh, congratulations to Adam and Kenny. Doing yes, very well at yes. the Boston Open. Yes, they both killed it. They both killed it. And I was at a, uh, one of Kenny's barbecues, and one of his uh, relatives called out. Uh, he goes, which one? What level are you? What level are you? Oh, I'm a, what level are you? And then it was Peyton. He goes, well, I'm a white belt. And he goes, let's go. <laughs> he called out Peyton. <laughs> but then but then Kenny was like, no, no, no. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And then he... And then eventually somehow it came down to me, me and Kenny and I only oh. bring it up because you said five minutes late, like it went from just like play, uh, playing around. And then all of a sudden it was like six minutes in, I'm, uh, I'm still trying to hold a half guard against him. We're both muddy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but Park. it's like, <sighs> everyone has went to the pool at that oh, point. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was done, yeah, like, but we were right. still like, no, <laughs> this has to finish. Yeah, yeah. There has to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you've already had a couple margaritas. <laughs> Those uh, jalapeno <laughs> pineapple infused yep. tequila. That oh, makes. delicious! Yeah. Oh, but um, okay. In any case, anything else, man? Any other lessons or 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 something else that that has has gone on where you just had to to get it out? I really want to thank you for for coming onto the podcast. Oh, man, it, it was an absolute honor. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I was checking out a lot of your podcasts and oh, you're, just a, you. you're just a natural at this thing, man. Uh, and I definitely appreciate you bringing me on here. Uh, I've had a lot of great guests that have helped me not suck. So, Oh, Hey man, I mean, you, you, uh, it takes two to tango, mm. you know, uh, imagine just having someone sit here and just, you know, not talking, you know, I gotcha. You yeah. know, no, but you, you're a, you're a natural at this thing. Thank man. you, sir. And I, I want to thank you for, for, sharing especially these uh personal topics about uh mental health and, yeah. and self-improvement because just my personal bias is that i don't think there's not enough paid attention to it right and i think a lot of it is taken for granted almost to the point where it's uh discouraged right yeah and i think a lot of problems come out of that um i think it's like one of those you, hit it from the start you tell you know? someone that you meditate and they like yeah. And it just started, you know, like doing some meditation. You know, or or like, oh, I'm going to read this book that's supposed to, you know, help me get, you know, get my mind in, in check. And like, oh, what's wrong with you? Man? For, for, you know? for me, I'll, I'll leave it with, with like one last thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've always had like sleeping problems. You know, sometimes yeah. I'd be like my sleeping is fine. And then other times my brain's just like, no, I'm not turning off. And um, maybe six months into doing therapy, um, I like took a couple weeks off and I was my sleep was off it was just so off and it was like almost like my body like i wasn't you know at it like expelling all the things that i needed to you know talk about i go back to therapy and i slept like a baby the next night i mean i'm not saying oh that you know it's just like that you know it works a load off your mind yeah you know it was just like i had so much you know like pent up stuff that i you know didn't get out and you know wasn't you know talking to anyone too and then finally i went back and i was like oh my god but i went to bed great that night it's a, it's a load off your mind oh, especially when you get to verbalize it yeah, yeah. right yeah. because i i think maybe maybe one of the main things is because you actually have another human there listening to you yeah and you know those words are actually going to be absorbed somehow yeah, yeah. you know and, I, and that's probably just it probably is like one of those human needs you just you just need to be around i mean we're social yeah. creatures you just need yeah. someone to listen to you as crazy as as quote simple as that sounds or whatever that's a huge fucking thing how many people are actually listening 
to you, you know? Yeah. You know, Vers- versus like we're sitting here and, and you're talking, about, no, no, Roddy, that, you're, you're wrong. You know, right. boom, 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 boom. No, I, I want to debate you on this. Yeah. Uh, th- that point, uh, you, you didn't like look at, look at this fact and, you, you know. Yeah, yeah where, where it's like you're like, listen, hey, I, you know, was thinking about this, you know, uh, and they're like, okay, well, why don't you, you know, try it or, you know, here, let's talk about what's preventing you from doing this. You know, why haven't you done it yet? You know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we, we, we went into, you know, a, a bunch of t- <laughs> no. trying to analyze, like, uh, uh, you know, getting an AK pulled on you in, in uh, what is it, Turkey, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> so, <Marcin> Turkey. <laughs> but thank you. And I hope pleasure. to, and, and I say this to, to everyone because I actually do really mean it. Um, I hope to have you on again. Hey, man, anytime. Just like, just like a- anyone else because I love seeing... The, the spark in, in, in people's eyes. That's what I've been noticing a lot in a lot of recent recent guests. There's just like this spark. There's this kind of it's not like a full on cheesy grin smile, yeah, yeah. but there's like there's 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 the, 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 the cheek muscles. There's there's this smile that, that yeah, yeah. happens where and I love it and love everyone comes on. Love you man. Amen. And Same. um hope to have you on and thank you for doing this reward. It was a pleasure man. Thank you. Ronnie's a great guy, isn't he folks? That takes something else to admit faults and go on a podcast like this to analyze it and break it down. So thank you so much to him for being a great sport and for doing so. You can get in touch, as always, with us at Dear Warren Podcast at Gmail, Instagram, and on Facebook. And thank you for listening and all the support. We love you all. And we will see you next time, maybe with the wonderful Jessica uh, for the midweek podcast. I don't know. It could be a little busy this weekend or this week. Or we will see you again for the next guest. Thank you very much, everybody.